0: Jason, you know that our podcast does a thing with five-star reviews, right? Uh, you know, people write in a five-star review on Apple podcast app, mm-hmm. and then we read it. Yeah. I, I, it's it's part of the thing. I have to read whatever you write in the comment section of the five-star review. So it does us no good if you just leave us a five-star review. Well, it does do us good, but I mean, yeah. it's less fun. So leave leave a comment when you do a five-star review, but... This past week, we didn't get a five-star review. We got a one-star review. And things got a little weird. Yeah. So uh, we were able to capture some of the audio uh, of that weirdness. So we, we wanted to play that. You had that. mics running. Yep. We, we wanted to play it for you. So here it is.
1: Jason, thank you so much for coming over. He's been acting so strange. You did the right thing, calling me. Maybe I can talk some sense into him. Where is he now? He's in the basement. He's been down there for three days. Hey, Alex, you down there, buddy? What the hell is this? Oh my gosh. What in the world? Alex! Hey bud. You down here? I'm just... You know, I get nervous in these situations. Let's see, your your laptop's open. What the hell is this? What? Oh my gosh, this is weird. Alex, you down here? Oh, what's on his laptop? I don't even want to look. Oh, I gotta look. I don't want to look. Maybe it's something for the podcast. One star review and no play makes Alex a doll boy. Oh, what the hell? There's like 10 pages of this.
0: What are you doing (gasps) down here, Jason? Oh, man, Alex,
1: man, you scared me. Shauna called me, and she's worried about you. I just, I feel like maybe we should talk some things out. So,
0: you want to talk. Good, well, let's talk. (laughs) What do you want to talk about, Jason? Dude, your freaky behavior.
1: Ever since since our podcast got that one-star review, you haven't been
0: right. People are worried. Worried? Why shouldn't I be, Jason? Our podcast got a one-star review. Do you have any idea of what a one-star review does to a podcast? Have you ever given a single thought to the fact that someone just dropped a huge turd on our life's work?
1: Alex, it's a one-star review. We have plenty
0: of five-stars. I think you and I have a very different idea about what you think should be done here, Jason. I don't know if you're joking, but I think you may need to see a doctor. You're losing it, Alex. I'm losing it, Jason. I need to see a doctor. And just when do you think I have time to see a doctor, Jason? Uh, I don't know, but probably as soon as possible.
1: As soon as possible? Jason, what are you doing?
0: Put down... The hockey stick.
1: No, Alex. You've gone completely off the
0: reservation. Just give me the hockey stick, Jason. I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to bash in my MacBook a little bit and never see any one-star reviews again. Alex, you leave me no choice. High sticking.
1: I didn't want it to be like this. Alex, I did some deep digging. I found out who left us the one star. Who was it? John MacArthur. (laughs) He's like, you had that heretic, Keith Giles. It happened after our Keith Giles episode.
0: Oh, man, you know what's funny? They're like, that heretic, Keith Giles. There's a part of me that would be honored if John MacArthur listened to our podcast just once and then left us a one star (laughs) (laughs) review. He's listening. He's listening up there, Johnny Mac. Oh, J Mac. <laughs> Your commentaries are great. We made
1: him so mad. He left a. He left us a one star. I'd be honored. I don't know how great his commentaries are.
0: I they're structured I used really hold, well.
1: They are structured really well. I used to hold them in high regard until I noticed a lot of copy and paste going on, like large sections of William Barclay, just like. <laughs>
0: just copy and paste it isn't that how christians write books now right it's it's just it's just copy and paste something that somebody else said and then your thoughts on what they said
1: yeah so he goes into the concordance and and the greek word study i would say the word wrong concordance yeah and it's like okay here's strong's section of his commentary And and he does add some salt in that flavor <laughs> whatever you want to call it
0: it is what it is i think it's well structured and if you're looking for something more than what your bible at the bottom of the page says john MacArthur's a safe bet
1: they're good s- they're it, expensive beginning. i yeah. could recommend something a little
0: less expensive <laughs> i've got some you can borrow if you'd want but Jason, that's not why we're here today. No. We're not here to talk about John MacArthur commentaries. We're here to Although get some scared. people probably some people would probably think those are scary. Yeah, yeah. But we're actually going to do something that actually really is scary. Ghost stories from your father. Yes. Dave Duncan back on the podcast. So excited to have him. Back. It's always a party. When Dave comes over, we always have a good time.
1: Yeah. And he hit us up with some some weird cryptozoology, creatures stuff. and ghost stories. Dude. Yeah,
0: that's what we got tonight. Yeah, I'm excited to share this.
1: Let one. me let me set this up. Like my dad, outdoors guy. I mean, worked in the mines. He was a land surveyor. He went into the woods all the time by himself. He shares some of that in this. This guy is not afraid of the woods. And some of the stuff that he saw in Backwoods, Kentucky, just ain't right. Nope.
0: It's not. And that's why I'm so glad that when Jesus comes back, he's going to wipe this all out and start afresh. (laughs) (laughs) The new heaven and the new earth are going to come down and the state of Kentucky will be no more. Oh, my gosh. (laughs)
1: specifically Kentucky first is that what you're saying oh Michigan
0: is the new is the new Jerusalem oh Michigan is
1: <laughs> a land with flowing with milk and honey
0: and craft beer
1: and craft beer <laughs> and cherries and Kellogg's cornflakes
0: <laughs> well hopefully dear listener you're getting a laugh out of this Vago, because you're not going to laugh for the next hour better or so. made
1: potato chips just
0: keep rolling with it what else is made here
1: Verners. <laughs> what else do we got um, goodness so Shauna chimes in with Meyer <laughs> yeah
0: my wife is sitting chiming in uh, so sit back listen to two guys who couldn't make it as pastors because when's the last time you heard a pastor tell a ghost story from the pulpit
1: not from the pulpit that's a good one Alex
0: so this is not your pastor's Podcast of Horrors, Part Three. Jason, I'm I'm just not sure. I just there's already sounds. I know I heard it there's, too. There's already a sound I outside too. my house. <laughs> I, I'm just not ready for this. I was prepping myself all day today. I was going back listening to old episodes of our podcast, one with the infamous return guest, Dave Duncan, who is actually sitting at my kitchen table again. What's Hi up, good. Dave? How's it, how's it going? <laughs> you already get cracking into these? Dude, I I can't handle it. I've got... <laughs> Why? I, I, there's something about this topic that intrigues me, at, but at the same time scares the crap out of me. And I, I was just praying. With what are you me. looking at? I, there's <laughs> our reflections in the window, and I'm just waiting for a clown face to pop up. I, I've been reading the It audiobook, and it's wigging me out. So you got that's that stuff's awful. Stephen King's a good author. I bro. can't handle it. It's too
1: scary. I tried to watch the the what the new Netflix show, the Hoss, House on Haunting Hill, or something like that. And I got scared watching the preview. I was like, no, I'm done.
2: I was scarred as a child. I wouldn't watch scary movies or horror movies for a long time because my dad made me sit with him and watch The Screaming Skull.
0: (laughs) What is (laughs) The Screaming Skull? We have to know.
2: It's a movie about this lady who keeps finding this skull, keeps popping up in different places in her house, and every time she finds it, it screams really loud. <laughs> and I was always afraid of I couldn't even look at books that had pictures of skeletons. I was afraid of skeletons because of that.
0: It's funny because now every time Ada sees a skeleton, she goes, Coco! Oh, from the movie? <laughs> what was your first scary movie? Uh, You know, I don't really... I can't really think of my first... Just the
1: first movie that just... Creeped you right on out. Yeah. Mine was The Blob. <laughs> the Blob. The Blob. And I would, watched it, I think you and Mom went to a Randy Travers concert. Yeah. Randy Travis. I always say Travers. Grand Travers. <laughs> Travis. Randy Travis concert. And I stayed with Sissy and Goldie. Oh, yeah. And they let me watch uh, Ghostbusters, edited for TV. And then after that, they let me watch The Blob. And that that scared the crap out of me, literally. I was afraid to use the bathroom because I think at one time the blob comes up through the toilet while a guy's sitting on it,
0: <laughs> and I was terrified to use the bathroom after that. I was always terrified when we, my mom would take me to Blockbuster, and we'd have to. It is almost like she did it to taunt me, but like we walk through the horror movie section, and I'd see just the covers of the horror movies. I'm like, nope. mm-mm. Friday the 13th, stay away from me. I don't want anything to do with that. I honestly never, I just never got into scary movies, ever. I can't even think of my first scary movie. My brother
1: and sister loved them, and I think, I remember going to the video store, and they're picking out movies, and I'm like, hey, how about Toy Story? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I remember we watched over and over again Night of the Living Dead, and not like the old original one like the um probably the 80s remake. Okay. They are coming to get
0: you, Barbara. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Barbara. See, that's the weird thing. I can handle zombie <laughs> movies because it's it's a tale of survival. It's, it's 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 an interesting look into the nature of man, I think. I zombie remember movies Matt
2: picking out movies. You could never pick out gory enough for him.
1: No, disgusting stuff. It's mm-hmm. gross.
2: The no more good. The more gore the more he liked it.
0: No. Thank you. I remember
2: telling him one night, we're not going to rent a horror movie tonight. So he rented the movie Sabotage.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what? Sabotage. The movie was called Sabotage. 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 He called it Sabotage. He's in the video I want story. To get He's in the video story. He's like, look, Dad, Sabotage. <laughs> yeah. So now we always say it like a, like a ninja movie. Sabotage. Is that his favorite Beastie Boy song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, listen, all you are. Sabotage.
0: Sabotage. Gun, gun.
1: Gun, gun. gun. Alright, so my dad's got some ghost stories. And so here's here's the format that I want to try to follow, Alex. Okay. He's gonna tell a story and we got three questions.
0: We get to ask three questions. I'm sure, yeah, about each story. So I'm this sure is different, this is different when the first episode we had Dave on telling ghost stories, and he started asking me, Alex, what is that? And I'm like, I I don't know what that is. I'm <laughs> I'm freaked out right now. <laughs> There's a graveyard out back from our church where we're recording. Oh, we
1: drove by that the that other night. That was creepy. Jess and I, we the, we dropped the kids off at our Conquerors Club. Like yeah, this this uh, the Nerf gun. Thing? It's like a Nerf club, cl- uh, Nerf Nerf gun club at our church. Okay. And Jess and I were driving around. We drove by that graveyard and just by the old church where we used to record, and just all everything's like grown up around it. Mm-hmm. Like the parking lot's mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. weeds. And so we tried to take the kids by the graveyard, and Oliver— You are a bad parent. He was not having it. So what what I did is I drove drove a different way home from the church that he's not used (laughs) to. You son of a gun. (laughs) And he goes, Dad, are we lost? We're lost, Dad. Turn around, Dad. Turn around. (laughs) And Jess is like— I wonder if we picked up something while we stopped by the oh, graveyard. You. Oh. I goes, I goes. We're fine as long as the radio doesn't start changing by itself. Oh no! And I have, a, <laughs> I have a button behind my steering wheel to change the station. And all of a sudden, I started changing the station. They were freaking out. Dad, you have this car fixed. Take it in. Take it in. Turn around here. I was like, it was it was a blast. They were having fun. I showed them when we got out of the vehicle. I showed them how I was changing
0: the radio station.
1: You're so mean, Dad. You're so mean. I would agree.
0: They were tick. They were they were terrified. If I was sitting in the back seat, I'd be just as scared as they were. I can't I can't handle it. But here we are, nonetheless. <laughs> so Dave, you Let's said you you said you wanted to give a, a little disclaimer or a little intro to your story.
2: Yeah, the uh, I've got, stories. I've got two or three stories that that all revolve around the mines, the coal mines. All right, let's get into it. And um, so I grew up in Western Kentucky, and there's a there's an area of Western Kentucky from southeast of Paducah up through South Central Kentucky up towards Elizabethtown, and this is an area of Kentucky where they did a lot of mining, coal mining, strip mining, and this was back in the in the in the what are you looking at? I had to burp. Oh. I wasn't trying to burp uh, at the mic. Back in the uh, 40s and 50s and very early 60s, they strip mined all through here. There were no reclamation laws, so the, the land is just torn up. And Jason can tell you, we've taken many hikes back in the mines, and it's just ruts and pits and holes and cliffs. Um, it's pretty awesome. Everywhere. And um, I remember you taking us to Hidden Lake, not to derail you. Yeah, we're going to get there.
1: Oh, To Hidden Lake, yes. I would tell Alex. That's one of the stories. We hike through the woods. We get to this lake, and all the fish started swimming up to us because they hadn't seen people. <laughs> it was like being in an aquarium. It's these big, like not like little, like the little fish by the shore, like big fish were coming and swimming right up to you because they hadn't seen people. It was, it was, it was awesome. Anyway,
2: so anyway, uh, uh, if you know anything about history, Kentucky. Uh, The Indians, in the early days, when all the exploration was going on, the Indian tribes didn't really live in Kentucky. And uh, the word Kentucky is uh, uh, from the Iroquois tribe, from the Iroquois Indians. They named it Kentucky. Do you know what the name Kentucky means?
0: Stay the hell away from here?
2: Sort of. It is, really. (laughs) Kentucky meant dark and bloody ground.
0: No, it does not. It does.
2: It it does. So... They they wouldn't they, they would only hunt there and fight their battles there and bury their dead. So the history behind the area that's all stripped out, over and over and over again, they kept stripping through these old Indian burial grounds. No, that's I like have rule seen one. A, I have seen an that's Indian. That's
0: rule one. Don't mess with those.
2: <laughs> I, I, I have seen myself, witnessed myself a like a first or second cut on a new pit, and they'll stop the operation and they'll call a special crew in who comes in and gathers up all the bones that are laying all over where the dozer just went through. And I've seen this. And the, the bones all go into bags and they go off to somebody who catalogs them and what have you.
1: Explain to people what a strip mine is in so, case they don't know. Strip
2: mining is when the coal is, uh, is uh, underground, but it's not so deep that you have to make tunnels. You just strip off with big, heavy-duty equipment. You just strip the ground off the top of it, expose the coal, and then you just dig the coal out. So whatever's over the top of it, like the coal on a big hill might be, might be 60 feet deep in the middle, but towards the edges of the hill, it's popping out. You can sometimes actually see it, and uh, especially where there's a stream or something going through it. So they would strip off the whole hill. And now they have reclamation laws where you have to return the land to its approximate original contour. Back then, they just left it. And there's, like I said, pits and cliffs everywhere. Some of these cliffs are 50, 60, 80, 100 feet tall. Hmm. And the lakes are just as deep that are are next to them. And so there are a lot of stories around this mining area. Uh, And that's where these stories come in tonight, or at least a couple of them that I have. Uh, are in these areas and the first story if I had to give it a name I would call it the ditch so uh, my dad and I this was when I was I was probably 16 around 16 years old maybe even 17 I was in high school and my dad was an avid fisherman he loved to go to the strip pits and fish all night long fish for catfish and that was his favorite thing to do. He always wanted me to go with him. And I, I like to fish, but I like to do it in the daytime when there's a boat, nice sunshine, and you're throwing lures. <laughs> like, a normal, I didn't necessarily, like a normal person. Like sitting by the bank with a, with a Coleman lantern and everything smelling like smoke and breaking up worms with your fingers and or chasing jugs across the water. That's a different story. But anyway, uh, my dad talked me into going fishing with him one night. And we loaded up everything, and we went off to this area, and we we arrived at this pit, and so we, we came down on our side of the lake was was a, a shallow bank that went down to the water. Then the, there was probably a 80 to 150 feet across the water. And there was a what we call a high wall, big cliff went straight up, and this was right as the sun was going down, and right at that moment there was the the whole cliff the sun was setting behind us and the whole cliff was this just deep red color and there was this like haze in the air it was it just had a creepy creepy other world feeling to it and so as it kept getting darker and we started fishing and we kept seeing this lightning in the distance and my dad was worried because he said if it storms while we're in here we won't be able to get out because the road's will always flood back here when when there's heavy rain. So he said, I want to go someplace else where we won't have that problem. I said, oh, yeah, where's that? He said, we're going to go to the ditch. I'd never been to the ditch before. We'll never go back to the ditch again. (laughs) But the ditch was uh, they were trying to control runoff in the mines. When they expose the coal, you get all this uh, copper and sulfur and iron and it's, it's, it, the water is bad, so they try to control it. And they had dug this ditch uh, from one area of the mines two miles into a low flat lane where it could drain away and not poison things. So this ditch was a meandering, more or less straight uh, gully they had dug. It was about um, 80 to 100 feet deep. It was really deep, but it wasn't very wide. It was maybe the water at the bottom of it was maybe 100 feet across. And the sides of the banks of this had grown up with such thick brush, you could not see from it. So on either side of the ditch, on one side, there was a road that followed the ditch. That's the road we drove in on to park. Uh, and so we drove a ways down this ditch road, and we got to the spot where we were going to fish. And I, I said, Where's the water? And he says, it's right down there. And I'm looking down, and all I see is just thick underbrush. You couldn't see more than 15 feet in it. And uh, we got out of the car and started unpacking our stuff. And I said, if the water's down there, I'd like to know how we're going to get to it. And my dad, he, he had a sense of humor. He says, we'll just we'll chop our way through. We'll get down there. Not a problem. And he, he finds this one little opening in this brush and we're following literally a path that's a foot wide, and it's steep. I mean, it's just straight down. So we crawled down this path, and now it's getting pretty dark. So we got our lanterns, and we get down there, and he had cleared out a place down next to the water that was just big enough for two people to sit. And on either side, when you turn your flashlight to the right or left, all you saw was this thick brush just going into blackness. In front of you was the water. And if uh, you've shown your light across it, you could see the gnarly trees on the other side. And so we, we sat down and got everything ready and fired up the lanterns. And uh, I baited my hook, and I threw it about the middle. And my dad had a big, whopping three-pound sinker. Uh, he was going to fling it all the way across to the other side. And he, he ran back, and he flung the, 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 uh, the bait and the sinker's way over the water, and it, it hit the water maybe 10 feet from the other bank. Big splash, and all, all was quiet. After a few minutes, you could start seeing the ripples come back across from where his splash had caused the ripples. And we're sitting there, <clears throat> and nobody's talking. We're just kind of sitting in the quiet silence. We could We could still see the lightning a little bit and hear distant thunder. And then <clears throat> all of a sudden... Something on the other side, near where he threw his bait in. Uh, something large how large, I don't know. I didn't actually see it, but something started running along the bank on the other side, and literally this sounded like an elephant. I mean, it sounded like a dinosaur. And it's crack. you hear branches cracking, trees snapping. I mean loud, crack, pop, snap. And then all of a sudden you hear a big, it goes down maybe 50 feet to our right and you hear a big sploosh in the water and we're sitting there and it's still quiet and all of a sudden these big waves start coming <laughs> in and my dad, uh, like I said, he had a sense of humor, uh, but when he got scared, it was a really dry sense of humor and so you couldn't always tell if he was serious or not um, when he was joking. But at that moment, all he said to me was, "Might want to find a tree that you think you can get up really fast." <laughs> and I said, "Why? What do you think that was?" He said, "I don't know, and I don't want to know." And we we sat there quiet, and neither one of us talking to each other, and uh, it was it was pretty quiet. And then we started hearing something come out of the water on our side. Of the bank, and we start hearing these snapping twigs and all. And he said, You know what? Why don't we go up and wait by the car for a little bit? <laughs> and I said, Sounds like a good idea to me. And so, uh, as we were getting up, I started up the path. He says, Well, why don't we just take our stuff with us in case we decide to leave? So we picked up, and all the time we're picking up our stuff, we can hear this, whatever it was. And I'm telling you, it sounded as big as an elephant. I mean, and I know in the woods at nighttime, sounds are amplified and all of this, but it sounded really loud. So we got up on the top of the road, the car's up there, we put our fishing gear down on the ground, and we're sitting there and my dad starts deciding he wants to talk about this. He says, I've never heard anything like that before, so I don't have any idea what it was, but let's just... See what happens for the next little bit. And he said, well, we, well, we'll make some coffee. And so he got the coffee pot out, put it on the hood of the car, and got his Sterno thing and started making coffee. And it's dark. We got our lantern down. It's quiet, and we're sitting there. And uh, the coffee starts percolating. And I'm thinking, why don't we just go? Why Why do we? Why should we be here? Like a sane person, yes. We're not fishing, uh, obviously. Um, it's a school night, Dad. Whatever. <laughs> and then we then we heard up the road ahead of us. Uh, we heard um, this. It was a sound like it. Uh, how do I describe it? Uh, like horses clomping around. Mm-hmm. You know how when uh, horses are stomping around or they get excited and they're they're raising up and they're clomping their feet on the ground, we start hearing a noise that's similar to that and, and then it quit and then it started going again <clears throat> and my dad was visibly nervous and he was he was standing there and said maybe we all just leave and uh, <laughs> I said I think that's a really good idea dad and uh, so we started loading things up in the car and there was, there was enough uh, I don't know if it was sunlight or the moon was up but there was enough light that you could see the lightness of the sky, and this stomping noise was getting louder and louder, as if it wasn't one thing, but it was more than one thing. And looking up in that light, you could see like you could see dust in the in the in the silhouetted in the sky. And um, so we got in the car. I kid you not, my dad started the car, and he turned on the lights of the car, shining up the road. And we saw, you couldn't make out what, what, it, what, what they were, but uh, imagine um, if you see a bunch of horses running in a circle. Uh, this is what cows do when they get, they get panicked. They'll run in a circle. We could see these brown bodies in this dust, some of them going this way, some of them going the other way, and it was just a cloud of dust up there. And my dad was upset because on this road, it was so narrow, you didn't really have the opportunity to turn around and get pointed the other way. <laughs> so he literally, we literally backed a mile down that road to get out of there. And we went home, and all my, my dad would not talk about it after that. All he would say is, I don't know what that was. I never heard anything like that, never saw anything like that. And he says, I don't know what to tell you. So that is the ditch.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: Three questions. Three uh, each? No, three, three questions three together.
0: Three questions total. So so one of the things that makes me a little bit skeptical is I I've, I've hunted before and I, it's gotten to the point where it's gotten dark outside and or it, it's dusk and I I am almost like, "Oh my gosh, I hear something. That's a deer." Ooh, that sounds like a big buck. And then as soon as it comes into my, my view, it's a squirrel. <laughs> no joke. Any hunter out there who knows this, it's like you get all amped up because you're excited, you're, you're anticipating it. Uh, so are you sure that it wasn't some type of wildlife
2: up ahead? It was definitely some type of life There were, were, again... Known life, not cryptozoology. If I had to give the best explanation of what it looked like, it looked like horses running in a fog, in a a really heavy dust cloud.
1: All right. Were there horses in the area?
2: Uh, To my knowledge, there were no horses running around wild in the mines. Never heard of that.
0: It wouldn't make sense for horses to be in that particular area because it's probably really thick.
2: Well, you said he had. It's like not a place down. where horses would graze. That's for sure.
0: I'm thinking. I'm thinking deer. That's what I. That's where my mind goes. But deer don't generally run in big herds like that, or run around in circles. If something's spooking them, white tails up, and they dart into the woods.
2: Would you think that this thing, whatever it was, it was across the bank? Why would it jump in and then come out on our side? That's what bugged me about it. I would to, think it would be to going. to say hello. Oh.
0: <laughs> Was it, okay, last question. You got, you got, okay. Was it a gaggle of Samsquatches? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a terrible question. It could have been Eastern Samsquatches. I'm not sure. <laughs> the Western Samsquatches have a frill that runs along the back. <laughs> and, uh, and, but there are hybrids of Samsquatches that, um, that can be mistaken for the Eastern. Sure. You just blew our last question, Alex. I'm disappointed. <laughs> That's what I do, Jason. Derail. <laughs> so uh yeah, that and I, I that one I remember real vividly. Um uh, I don't tell it often because most people think it's kind of silly, but um it was quite frightening at the time. Heck, I yeah, think seeing yeah. those like seeing the ripples come at you, the big ripples after that thing yeah, got they, in the water. There were swells. Not ripples, there were swells. I mean there was a big Pumps of water.
1: Oh, I'm thinking a bear, maybe. Alex, this is getting real now. You broke out the candy.
0: I did not break out the candy. <laughs> broke out
1: the candy. We're ready for story number thank, two.
0: Thank you, sweetwater.com. <laughs> Please sponsor us and send us free things. <laughs>
2: story number two. So story number three oh. is actually the most creepy mind story. But story number two took place uh, in a location that Jason has actually been to. I was just explaining to him when he was talking about, earlier about the hidden lake and the fish swimming up to us because they hadn't seen people in a long time. <laughs> um, right across from there was another another lake, and uh, that lake was it's probably a mile long. It's very narrow, mile long. It's a it's a winding thing, so you can't see it all from one end. But along the side of the lake, there's a cliff that runs all along one side of the lake and um, i got a picture of jason standing there with a mighty hatchet in his hand it he wasn't wearing flannels he was wearing a soccer ayso uh, it, it deserves sure. to go on awkward family photos <laughs> it is ridiculous he's standing there in the, in the in, at the base of this cliff with his hatchet in his hand clearly he never been
1: outside clearly he should not have been <laughs> holding a hatchet
2: <laughs> probably shouldn't have even been in the woods but um so Along this this cliff and this lake, at one time uh, the road into this area was a well maintained road, and people used to go back there, especially on the weekends. And you would go back to this lake, and there sometimes would be a hundred people back there, all swimming and and uh, cooking out and all kind of, It wasn't a public place, but it was just a lake that was people like to swim in. Uh, my coach swam in there, and he got bit by snakes. Um, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on the one side of the lake was this big tall cliff <clears throat> and one of the our favorite things to do was to walk around hike around up on top of the cliff and jump off of it into the water and this was a, it was a, it was really high the place the highest place i jumped i would estimate was about 80 feet wow. and uh to jump off of there you had to be wearing shoes or you 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 nope. could, could burn your bruise your feet And uh, so when we were up there, though, behind the, up above the cliff, behind the edge of the cliff, there was a really deep, beautiful wooded area that hadn't been mined, and it was all just huge, these old oak trees. And we just, my friend who was from Canada, his name was Jim, and his brother, uh, Jim and John, and we decided we're going to come up back and go camping up there, because it was a beautiful spot. And so sometime later, we went up there, and we hiked up there with our gear and, and set up camp uh, about uh, 30 yards into the woods, and you could see the edge of the woods, and then you could see this bare area was just grassy, and then there was the edge of the cliff, and then there was nothing. And so we went there, and we were going to stay overnight, and uh, we had a tent set up, and we had a campfire outside the tent, and it was late, and people were, the, the, Jim and John were, they were kind of drifting off, and I wanted to set up a little bit and just enjoy the peace and quiet. They were in the tent. They hadn't gone to sleep yet, but they were they were talking, and um, and I, I, heard, I heard a noise down on the cliff. Then I heard a lot of rocks fall into the water, like pebbles and st- stuff. And uh I said, well what was that? Well, I assumed that like any exposed rock face, you have stuff falls off of it from time to time and falls into the water. Uh but it happened a couple of times and um and so I told Jim, I said, There's a lot of noise down there. Let's walk down there and see what this is. He said, No, it's just rock falling. And so we we went we went to we went to bed. And Jim and John were already asleep, and I started to drift off. And all of a sudden, John pokes me in the side and says, what is that? I said, what is what? He said, listen. And, of course, when somebody says listen, then all, every sound becomes really loud. Mm-hmm, you can hear yeah. everything. It just magnifies. And I could hear behind the tent, I could hear something breathing. I could hear a breathing uh, noise. And I'm thinking, Dear? Wild hog, monster, could, could be anything. <laughs> All these things are possible. And uh, and so John woke Jim up, and Jim says, hey, "You guys are babies," and he just rips out the front of the tent, stands up, turns around, shines his lights. I don't see anything out here. And so, right at that moment, we hear this really loud splash. And we hear this commotion on the cliff face. We can't see it because it's hidden from us. It's down on the cliff. And so we, we, um, uh, we said, we got to go see what this is. And so we took all every light we had and we walked down to the cliff face. And this cliff is kind of undercut. You, can, you could look over and see down, but you couldn't. The yeah. bottom of it was underneath of you and hidden from view. And, but you could see. You could hear this noise along the bottom of the cliff, and you could see this stuff rippling, falling in the water, and uh, but you couldn't see what was doing it. But it was there was whatever it was, it was spread out over an area probably 15 feet wide, and um, so we were trying to see what was going on. John is starting to freak out, and uh, Jim is calling him a baby. Uh, I want to go home. Because uh, I didn't know what it was what was going on, and then all of a sudden Jim freaks out. He said, "Oh my God, did you see that?" I says, "No, <laughs> I didn't see it." He said, "Watch," and I'm watching. And I don't see anything, and then I turn away, and then all of a sudden John says, "Oh my God, let's we gotta go. We gotta get out of here." And I said, "What is it?" He said. There's something down there, and I don't think we want to mess with it, whatever it is. And uh, at that moment, the noise stopped, and everybody's ready to go. And so we're loading up stuff, and we we got our flashlights, and we're heading back to the car. And I'm trying to get these guys to explain what they saw. And both of them said what they saw. They didn't see a whole creature. But what they saw, uh, how do I best describe it? Uh, imagine, and I'm not suggesting spider, but I'm just, this is how you picture this. You know, when you've got a big spider that's sitting on your table and his legs come out and they kind of poke up and they go back down that upper joint.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They were saying, they, they were saying, we saw a, a, like the joint on the back of a bat's wing sticking up out from behind the cliff. And they both said they saw it. And they said uh, that these pieces, these pieces of joint that they saw were, were a, about a foot and a half long, and the limbs were like two or three inches in thickness. And that doesn't ring any bell to me of anything that would be on a cliff face at a place like that. But we did hear from uh, one of John's friends at school said his uncle and his uncle's two cousins— were there at the lake one night, and they said they saw what to them looked like a bat that was, had a wingspan of like five or six feet. And they said it was sitting way down the lake on the opposite side from the cliff, and they said it flew across to the bottom of the cliff and sat there, and then after a after time, it flew away, and they didn't see it anymore. So what it was, I don't know. I didn't get to see it personally, but I believe they saw something.
0: Something enough
2: something enough to say we're done. We're gone. Oh yeah. They was everybody I wanted to leave when we <laughs> got there. It was too great. i am not there was a time when I would walk in the woods alone at night, but after the hanging dog, I won't ever do that again. So uh <laughs> um so, we gotta, we story gotta, number two.
1: Yeah. We gotta get to that. Alex, I think this is an appropriate time for a golem voice. <laughs> because that's all I'm thinking. There was some sort of creature down there.
0: the rocks and That's all it is. It's Gollum throwing rocks into the, into yeah, the hidden lake. That's, <laughs> that's all it is. Just Gollum. I think it's a pterodactyl. You think it's a pterodactyl? So, are you of the mindset that there are still dinosaurs walking the earth with us?
2: From the description that that John, that John gave, that would be that would be an apt description.
0: Yep. I'm not. Pterodactyl I
2: pterodactyl I,
1: straight from an Indian grave. <laughs> Ghost pterodactyls. <Yep. laughs>
0: Ghost dactyl. <laughs> it could be a great Netflix series. <laughs> it would. Uh, I I have to ask this question because just because of, of the two stories that you've given us, they're, they're creature stories mm-hmm. and you've, you, we've talked about this before where you have had an encounter with something again, that you don't Ooh, know, I know where you're going. Any, anything about this, is this any way related this area that you're talking about or the area where you got your shirt ripped from something? Is this the same What is it called, the Panther Creek Downs or something like that?
2: Panther Creek Bottoms. Oh, my
0: gosh. That sounds like an awesome bluegrass band, but also a terrifying place. (laughs) Bluegrass band. (laughs) Is this the same
2: region or area? They are in the same region.
0: There is something there, and I kind of want to go. How
2: many miles apart? Oh, I would love to take you. I could take you to some really super creepy places, man. Oh, my gosh. I I could take you to a place tonight. And demonstrate something to you. What? Yeah. I have, a, I have a curfew. Sorry. Not your pastor's field trip. Not your pastor's <laughs> field trip. I took my kids there when they were real little, and they wouldn't let me stay to see it happen. But there's a place where, the, where there's a, this, it's not an old, it's, a, it's an underpass under a modern freeway. And the story is, it was, they ripped up uh, an Indian Graveyard to build this freeway, really near where this underpass was, and the story is you anybody can go there any time of year, as long as it's night, and you drive your car under this concrete. It's a it's a it's basically one car with one car can drive through at a time. It's a concrete tunnel that goes about 200 feet underneath the freeway, and they say you can drive your car in there and you can park. And you're guaranteed to hear something rap on your trunk of your car.
1: You can't imagine why I didn't want to do that as a child.
2: <laughs> yeah, they didn't. I don't remember you complaining. Amy really, Amy was freaking out. She didn't want to stay. There's one of those just
0: south of Metamora, and you drive by it when you're heading north towards Metamora from, you know, down south, like when I went to go visit my grandparents. And I've never, we never went by it. Uh, and there's a good reason because those places scare the crap out of me. It's like, why would you want to go there? There's no way to escape. <clears throat> the Indians are rapping on your hoods.
2: I remember I took my kids there. We we pulled up to the entrance and just that black hole. in at night they they weren't. We weren't so you have to there.
0: shut your lights off. Is that the yes? It'll only do it.
2: I if haven't you shut your lights off. I've I've done it twice and both times I got a rap. I've talked to many people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm dead and, uh, the, uh, <laughs>
2: the, first, the first time I did it I was with a bunch of friends And we heard just one knock Is all we heard And so there was always, We were always skeptical If it really was something or not But the second time I went it Was with two other friends And the, the first The first knock Was like a knock knock and we sat there and waited. And then it was knock, 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 knock. And it, it, it went on for like 30 seconds. And uh, 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 Lance, who's my buddy, uh, he, he was sure that there was something in the car that was running or doing something that was creating the noise. Uh, but... We pulled out, and we stopped outside the tunnel, and there was nothing. But anyway, that was a free story. What
0: is that? That's messed up. That's my daughter talking, by the way, in
2: the baby. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one last quick, creepy mind story. Uh, this happened also in the same area where all these pits are at. There was a lake that was called Ken Lake. Um, I don't know why it was called Ken Lake, but it was a big strip mine. Very famous place to fish. Uh, a lot of sports fishermen would go there. They would hold tournaments there. But uh, there was a period of history in the late 70s when all of a sudden people stopped fishing there. And nobody ever really explained why. And I believe now, if you go there, the the lake is shut off. Nobody can even go go back there anymore. It's a pretty good-sized lake. has a lot of dead stick-up trees in it. It was an area again that they flooded wastewater. Uh, But my uncle, I wasn't in this story, but my uncle, my dad's twin brother, uh, he had somebody told him that they were on the lake uh, one night on the bank fishing, and they saw, um, they saw. You know what ice shine is? It's where you flash your flashlight and you get. Something yeah, and you, see, and you see the light reflecting like, like, off the pupils. I don't know if you've something. ever seen deer. Yeah, like just like that. that. It's it's very bright. Yeah. It's a, it's a very – You know that, nope, that's something. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, a guy had told him that uh, he, he quit going down there because he kept seeing this eye shine when he would shine his light around at night. And uh, he didn't really believe him. He had his younger son, uh, which was my cousin. And they went down there one night to fish, and this big fog bank rose in. It's really foggy because it was like the, the, the lake was still warm and the air was cooling off. And um, uh, he, said, he said he had a really creepy feeling about that evening when him and his son were there. And they had a small boat, so they were out amongst the stickups, the trees sticking up out of the water, and they were fishing out around there. And he said he happened to take his light and flick across to an area, and he saw this eye shine. And he said um, the, the eyes were about three inches apart, and he said they were about four foot off of the water. And he came back to him, and he said they would bob up and down. They would look left and right. They would tilt. And then when they were, as they were sitting there, he said, then here comes a second set. And a third set. And he said there was like four different sets of eyes. They were looking at each other. They were looking down. They were looking up. They would look straight at them. And he said it really, it really creeped him out. And it was, he said it was very frightening. And he, he, his son, uh, I'd never heard whether he corroborated his story or not. Um, but what could, what could it have been? Four foot off of the water. So
1: they're
0: in
2: the, water. in the water. They are in the boat, in the water. That's what creeped him out. No,
1: the, the eyes
2: are in the water. The eyes are above the water. But they're, they're not on the land. Not on the land. Right. Okay. It's like you're looking out across the lake, and right over there you see these eyes four foot above the water. But not on land. Not on land. He said he couldn't make out a creature, but he could see there was, a sh- there was shape in there, but he couldn't make out what, it, what exactly it was. So. You ever
0: heard of the monster mash?
2: <laughs> <laughs> what about
0: the monster splash? There you go. I only have dad jokes because I'm terrified. In- what about,
1: like, an owl? Would an owl be standing on some of those stick-ups in the water?
2: yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good possibility. It's a good possibility, but three Only, inches
1: but, apart. But yeah, well, that's I, not, I've seen an owl owl in the wild, and their eyes are gigantic, and they're, they're, they're about that far apart. Yeah, they're about
2: that far apart. I c- I could see that. And so maybe he saw the first one, and the other three flew in, and
1: something. I don't know. Maybe it's it's creepy that, that, that they're I on the just, water. I, I, they got to be standing on something. In the muck, or there
0: were trees, there were dead trees sticking up out of the water. So it could, it could be potentially could be an owl, but again, I don't know owls to be in like packs like that.
2: My dad said that he thought it was (laughs) a (laughs) pterodactyl, it's the pterodactyl, that's right. You just My dad said he thought it was probably moss on the tree, and there was something shiny stuck in the moss, and that's what he was. Yeah, but was they were seeing. looking around.
0: Pterodactyls. He, he said they probable. were clearly
2: looking around, they, and they were clearly eyes. He said it was like you could, you couldn't the see the head, but makes you me could think see, of a bird. You could see. I think it was Gollum.
1: <laughs> he does I, have big eyes. Big I will say, I eyes. remember going to those one of those strip mines, and. Um, grandma talking about a giant turtle and we saw said giant turtle pop up out of the
2: water you told me about this
1: yeah i somebody amy or matt but i didn't see it oh this thing was gigantic like i'm talking the shell on this thing that popped out of the water was the size of a hood of a car no yes it was gigantic it was gigantic the hood of a car and then i told grandma i was like we saw the turtle and she she told us she's like there's a big old giant like a million years old turtle (laughs) that was my best
2: grandma voice i like that grandma voice
1: Hmm.
0: i'm just saying there's weird stuff in that there's weird stuff in that area it sounds like
2: well uh this other story that I'm going to tell you is also in this area. But this one has doesn't occur actually in the mines, but it's near there. The mines are all around it. Uh, so let me
0: let me ask you this question. You, you've talked about other people. So is this, like, as far as locally is concerned, like, is this something that the locals even know, like, hey, this area is kind of messed up?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So nobody lives necessarily back there, per se. Or if they do, hmm. they must... It's funny because
2: there's Own you'll guns. have you'll have like you'll have like these small communities that are kind of isolated in this area, like Mack Henry, uh, where my where my folks live. Um, it's kind of like right on the edge of these all these mines, and there's lots of communities around. Uh, there's a couple of communities that are actually in them, um, but uh, all growing up, there was always. Everybody was always trading creepy stories. That you ever see, like, part a, of growing up.
0: like, Turtle Man? There's a Turtle Man? Like,
1: no, like the TV show Turtle Man. No, I've never heard of that. Is Have he, like, a Ninja turtle, turtle, turtle? turtle? No. Is that not his, like,
0: name? Are you just getting things with, no, confused with Ninja just Turtles? No, it's
1: this, this Kentucky dude goes around <laughs> oh, these places and oh, digs out turtle turtles. Man. Oh, that's yeah. He's got some sort of call. I, know you're talking I thought you were about.
0: talking, like, a dog man, but there's also a Turtle Man. It's
1: Turtle Man. The people watching Turtle Man show, some of these places look like... Yeah. some of these strip mines and stuff
0: yeah very good
2: analogy man
0: so my, one of my biggest fears and I'll, I'll just say this before you reveal the creepiest story ever um i've been looking at houses online just to, just kind of just looking just window shopping in every house that i look at that's in my price range is an old farmhouse and it's like you know what The older the house, the higher the probability that it's haunted. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's just my... I was worried about that with our house.
1: Our house is 100 years old, and I was like, that's haunted. First time I drove by
0: it, Jess is like, ooh, look at this one. He goes, that's haunted. we kept on driving. (laughs) (laughs) Like This house I looked at, it was like 1,800 square foot, old farmhouse, 1880. But it had, like, the people that lived there before did a bunch of updates to it, so it looked really nice inside. And then you scroll to, like, what the outside picture is, and it's like, nope, there's something in there. (laughs) (laughs) if you're not looking at it that's why it's so cheap if you're (laughs) cautious take me
1: with you and i'll tell you if it's on it or not
0: well you know you've got i get vibes
1: i walk into houses and i get
0: vibes instantly Because it's weird because this house oh yeah this house actually uh my neighbor told me a few weeks ago the house that we're recording in right now the husband died here in the house and it was, it was kind of like a, he had cancer and they had hospice care and he just yeah. he died here. So, I mean, I've never ex- experienced anything here. So. No, anyway. your house here is not haunted. Thank you, Jason. I, thank you for your blessing.
1: Like when we were, when Jess and I were first looking at one of our, the first house that we bought, there were two houses in particular that we walked into that I would not. There Immediate, was, there was one house where. Immediately got the vibe. Yeah. There was one house. Um where old old house and um a couple bedrooms upstairs living room bedroom downstairs kitchen downstairs and
0: and i bet it was in your price range too like or under budget
1: uh it was right it was right there big house big property and i was upstairs by myself our realtor and i think Jess's dad went with us and Jess had all gone back downstairs and I'm walking, I get this vibe super creeped out, and then something hit me in the back.
0: No. Yes. You never told me that. Like,
1: um, not something big, it'd be like somebody threw like a pebble or something at me. Like Ghost Pebble. It was ghost pebble. Pebbles. But it hit me square in the back. And I left. And you told Jess No. Yeah, no, I told her. Like, nope, not that, not
0: this one. No.
2: I have heard <laughs> that ghosts like to do that. They like to they like to. They're mischievous. They like to make play. you feel like small things are being thrown at you. But you could
1: feel it. You could feel like something weird's about to go down. See, Something's never... watching me. Something's
0: up here with me. I am not alone. I kind of get
2: that a little bit. And then
0: I got hit in the back with something. I went, when we looked for this house. When we got this house, I looked at thirty houses, Jason. Yeah, this was the thirtieth, and I decided I'm done. This is the one. I never got that vibe. This
2: is. <laughs> I this don't is get a any vibes house. in this house. It's.
0: It's nice. We built our home here. Jesus protects this house. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's what we pray for every night, Ada and I. We pray for protection on just us in general.
2: A hedge of protection.
0: Yeah. But then, now we're telling ghost stories in the dining room.
2: <laughs> I have uh, a question for you later about, okay. about that very thing. All right. Story, story number four. Okay. So, uh, story number four, we're going to switch uh, locale a little bit. Do you remember on our previous ep- Halloween episode, uh, I told you a story about a guy named Pete Leach. And, uh, yes. A story about them being in the back room of their mobile home.
0: Yes, I, I've got goosebumps right now, Dave. Yes, okay. I remember that so, story well.
2: same guy. And uh, same family. Different house. And uh, this, this story is was when i lived there he was my boss at the at the mines when i worked as a mining engineer and uh good friend of mine he was a pastor um, and everybody knew this story and, and everybody said that they believed him and they believed that it was true uh, so he's a
0: reputable guy
2: he is a reputable guy and this is He would would joke about a lot of things, but he would never joke about this story. And it was very rarely you could ever get him to really sit down and tell it. And I lucked out one night because we were, uh, uh, me and my wife at the time, we were visiting one of the deacons in our church, and he also knew this Pete Leach guy. And so Pete was over there. So after we had sat around, we were visiting for a while, he told this story. And uh, this story happens in in McHenry, same place where my uh, my grandparents grew up and uh, where I lived for a while. And so his his wife um, and uh, now all of a sudden, her, her name escapes me. Um, Pam, Pete and Pam. So they they lived in a, in a small, older house. Uh, down at the bottom of the, McHenry sits in kind of like a hollow, and uh, it's a shallow depression. They lived across, there's railroad tracks run through there, and they live across the railroad and in this lowered kind of depressed area, such that when you were visiting his parents who lived way up on a hill, you could look down and see their house down in the, in the valley quite clearly and uh this was in uh November I don't know the year, but it would have been it would have been in the mid seventies mid to late seventies and they were they had gone to a church service and they were coming home uh one night and they um it was it was in november it was rainy it was damp it was chilly it was kind of cold and he said when they 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 got to their driveway and when they pulled in the driveway and the lights kind of swung around and went arced across the house. I pumped it, arced across the house, he said, he always feels like he remembers seeing something. On the the front of the house had a long porch that ran the entire length of the house. And the older houses at that time that had like two bedrooms in the front, both of the bedrooms would have an outside door. So you had like two doors side by side have you ever seen that kind of construction Mm -hmm. very common down there um i don't know what it what it's from but even a lot of the older churches have two front doors and so uh this was a house like that had two front doors and anyway they they got out of the car and they went around to the back they went into the house from the back and uh, they went inside they had they had uh, they had a forced air gas heat but early in the year they didn't use it they had they had two coal stoves and they burned coal like most half the people in my burned coal I burned coal when we were growing up and so they came in it was cold and he's got a fire going in the fireplace they're doing their normal normal things and they um, they ate dinner and um, they were they talked for a while and it was just him and her there and then one of the, one of the things they always did is they had a quiet time in the evening where they would just sit and read uh, or talk quietly. And he said that night they 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 were comfortable, ready to go to bed, and they were having coffee. They were sitting there reading and talking. And uh, and Pete's wife says, uh, "I think somebody's here." And he said, "Why?" She said, well, I thought I heard somebody step on the porch. And uh, so he got up, walked over, turned on the light outside, and there was nobody out there. And he says, no, I think you're just hearing things. And so he went back and sat down. And then he said he sat down, and after 10 minutes or so, very clearly, he said he heard, and his wife heard it too, what sounded like somebody threw a pebble against the front wall, and it hit the porch and bounced around. And she said, yeah, somebody's here. So he got back up, He goes to the door, and opens up the curtain and turns on the light, and there's nobody there, there's no pebble, there's nothing. And he says, well, it's probably a squirrel, you know, they're, they're carrying their nuts around or whatever. But they do that. They do so that. They, uh, they, they, go to, they turn in, they go to bed, turn the lights out, and uh, that's when the fun starts. Uh, so they're laying in bed, they're laying in bed and all of a sudden she said, I hear somebody again, somebody's on the porch. And he said, I, he said, I laid there very quietly and I didn't really hear anything, but he said, I got the sense that there was somebody there. And, uh, he said, all of a sudden it sounded like somebody took a handful of rocks and pitched them against the wall and he hear, heard him hit the wall, and they all fell into the floor. And he jumped up, and uh, he grabbed his gun, and do the same. He, went, he goes to the, front, the other front door that's Shotgun now in pastor. the bedroom and turns on the light. Nobody's there. There are no rocks. The porch is clean. And so they're both starting to get kind of freaked out now. And so... They decided they would wait it out and see if anything else happened, and it didn't take very long. He said they they laid back down, no long, they no more got quiet, and he said it literally sounded like somebody took a five-gallon bucket of rocks and slung them against the front wall of the house, and you could hear them hit the wall, you could hear them hit the porch, and uh, uh, he said that's it, and so he goes to the window, he looks out, no rocks again, nothing. And um, so he says, here's what we're going to do. He says, we're going to turn all the lights out. He says, I'm going to stand by the window with my gun. And I'm going to, when we hear anything, flick on the light and I'll, I'll, whoever it is, we'll catch them before they get off the porch. And so he said, he crept up to the window. They turned all the lights out. They got quiet and nothing. Five minutes went by and nothing and he's starting to get antsy about waiting and then he he hears a noise that sounds like scuffling and he's looking in the dark he can't see anything and then all of a sudden here comes this rock noise again and she flicks on the light immediately and there is nothing there there is nothing there they packed up and they went out they they put out the fire, uh, they turn out the lights, and they head it up to his parents. And so they go up on the hill, and he's telling his dad and his brother about it, and uh, his brother says, well, let's go down and check it out. So they go down, house is dark, fire's out, and they decide they're just going to spend the night up there. So they go back up the hill. Well, uh, about less than an hour later, Pete's wife Pam, is in the front room and she starts screaming. And Pete says, "What on earth is wrong with you?" And she says, well, "Look at the house." And he said, "We looked out the window, me and my brother and my dad, and we looked out the house. Every light in the house was on. It was it was lit up like a Christmas tree. The outside lights, the inside lights, everything was on." And his dad called the police and they decided they were going to go down there with the police and find out what was, what was, what was up. So he said, they waited for the police. The police came, they went down there, they pulled up outside the house. Sure enough, all the lights were on. First thing they noticed when they went in is it was really hot, the fires in both stoves were stoked and they were, they were so hot. And the flues were closed and they were almost red. They were so hot. And uh, uh, they went into the bedroom. And do you know what a cucklebur is? A cucklebur? A cucklebur. No. So down in Kentucky, we have these plants we call cucklebur plants. And they have these little pods on them have All these little stickers sticking out. Of oh, them. like a we, burr. Yeah, yeah. When you walk through, them, they stick to your pants. Yeah. yeah,
1: we have. You can't brush them off. We your have home. burr wars at our house. We had burr plants. And
2: boys, yeah, we throw them at each other. So they they went into the the bedroom and it's. They said the bed was made. They didn't make it when they left, but the bed was made. And Pete Stanner, he's saying to this cop, he said. That bed was not made when we left here. And he said the cop threw back the blanket, and the whole inside of the bed was covered with cocoa burrs. Cocoa burrs. Burn it. Burn and, the bed. Uh, they moved out of that house. Heck yeah, you do. And that story goes around today as everybody says it was true. And it's a story that you, he, he won't, if you start joking about it, he just gets quiet, gets mad. He says, I'm telling you, it, it, it's true. So there you go. But to me, that's one of the creepier stories. Heck yeah, it heard. is. Oh.
1: Not going to lie, seventh grade, I won a writing contest using that story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: my gosh. Oh. Yeah, so. Sorry, guys. Eight over the night.
0: <laughs> You just wake her up. No, she's sitting up in her bed.
2: Oh, oh, you can see her.
0: It's creepy sometimes when you look in there and she's just sitting
2: because it's night vision. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. If you can't hear Alex because he's away from his microphone, he's looking at the baby monitor, and Ada is just
0: sitting up in her bed, just sitting up in her bed it's, in, in the, it's the not silence. Creepy. When Listening
1: I, to my dad's creepy story. When I
0: first went up there, her door was shut and I didn't hear her say anything, and my my, my guess was that she was sleeping in her bed when I heard her say, Hey Dad Dad And that would have just freaked me out. Oh. But she was sure enough she was standing up and said she pooped. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Which I was relieved. <laughs> the happiest poopy diaper I've ever uh, Three questions, Alex. Three questions about that story. Yeah. Um what the heck? <laughs> Jason, your turn It
1: couldn't have been somebody I always thought maybe somebody was pulling a prank well,
0: I I don't I
1: can't explain the rock noise though That's
0: the thing, the rock noise is the thing that's really interesting about this story There's no evidence The sound is there, but the evidence to support the sound is not there
2: Pete and why, said that creeped him out two, The two things that creeped him out the most besides the cuckabers was that they to hear all that noise, and there's no evidence, like you say. And then the fact that, and he said they talked about it with the cop at the time. If somebody was pulling a prank, it's a pretty dangerous prank with those stoves to, to, to heat them up like that. Because he says very likely the house would have caught fire had they not went down there.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing. That's really mischievous. Like, what if that would have happened while they were sleeping? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what if the, the ghosts, maybe ghosts, whatever, stoked those
2: things while they were sleeping? Yeah. Well, later on, I asked I asked Pete about the about the story. I said, "What do you What do you What do you, What do you really think happened?" And he said, "I I have to me I have it, no doubt in my mind it was demonic. I don't mm-hmm. know why I was the target." He said, "But the the feeling I had was that this this was not a normal worldly." Thing that was happening to me and my wife.
1: Man, my buddy, uh, my buddy Cam sent me some scary stuff. He became a, uh, he's a, uh, I always, Episcopal priest. Okay. Um, and we had an episode in our old house, which turned out to be just my mother-in-law coming into our house super early in the morning to grab a pair of shoes for the boys. The boys had stayed the night. But she didn't say anything. We just hear the back door open and we hear the back door close. <laughs> Jess and I and it was ter- I'm like I'm glad I didn't have a gun in the house because I would be 100% on untri- I would have shot her. Like <laughs> just with noise, shoot, bang. Uh um but until she had told us that we were freaking out. We were looking at security systems like some somebody like walked in our house and maybe it was a goat like we we were terrified jess and i were until we learned it was just her but my buddy cam sent me um a bunch of stuff about priests and pastors being attacked and being trying to trying to be led astray by demonic presence and he sent me some some creepy uh creepy
2: youtube videos so i i have a question for you guys what what your gut reaction to that story
0: my gut reaction to every ghost story is that What do you think dev-
2: it was a prank or do no, you think there I was something more here
0: I think there's something more more there uh the the burrs in the bed that that's just the icing on the cake right there that's just freak city right there the fact that the bed is made and then when you pull the bed back there's all those burrs. Who would think of that the devil and his cloven hooves like <laughs> I. T- that's the, that story. Without again going back to the fact that how would you,
2: how would if you were playing a prank how would you even do it how would you make the sound of rocks hitting the wall and then falling on the on the porch floor how would how magic could, I would, yeah I
1: guess <laughs> after listening to Zachary King last week split yeah. up churches all the, all the pranks I just that- picture I just picture a satanist cult hovering around the house
2: casting spells and yeah. so so my, my the question I'm going to is what if what if not all these things we hear are real but what if 50 percent of them are real uh, do do we believe that there really is a, a demonic uh, adversary who will do things like this to create anxiety and distrust and fear in our lives i i think yes absolutely but I, I heard a great
0: example of the reason why we don't have as prevalent of demonic possessions over here like you when you see demonic possessions or hear about them they're usually in third world countries they had them in jesus day they had them in jesus's day too but like as far as seeing one here in the united states right it's very rare um and the pastor friend that I was talking to about that, his theory, and I, I kind of agree with them is if those things actually happened the way they happened in third world countries, more people would be pushed towards believing in a God and needing to go to him for protection as opposed to in those other third world countries where they don't have this kind of these Christian, this Christian background like we do in the United States. And I kind of agree with that. I kind of agree that maybe the, 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 temptations and the tricks that are demonic that do happen over here are a little bit more subtle can maybe appear like that story like you said but a full-out like possession like that or an aberration like it's just i feel like it's a lot more rare here too
2: yeah so what do you what do you think jason do you about about that particular story is it do you think there's something more there
1: um i mean possibly demonic because it left stuff that did things Mm -hmm. um man i i hear a lot of ghost stories that have a lot of things in common uh most commonly is all the doors open so i mean walking up seeing seeing doors open and stuff that's uh that goes hand in hand but like a ghost leaving the burrs and stuff like I don't know. I think there, I think there might've been something more at play than that. As far as like I demon stuff, I think it's more common than you think. It just doesn't get a lot of press. You said something about a dog in the woods though earlier. Oh,
0: is that the, is that the finale story? Is Uh, that the story you're kind of holding in your back pocket?
2: No, it's uh, it's just another, it's just another story. So I, uh, uh, in our area, there were lots of rumors, uh, especially back during the, this time period in the, in the mid-late 70s. Uh, there, was, there were a lot of stories going around about occult things going on around our county. And you would often see things in the newspaper about it, and people would find things. And we never, we never saw any real evidence of that, so we kind of laughed it off. And we would make jokes about it. And uh, it became the thing in school to accuse people of being uh, in the occult, um, whether you thought they were for real or not. And, um, and I, I remember one of, the, one, of the, one of these guys that they were always teasing, he told, he told a bunch of us, he says, one day you're going to come across something and you're, you're going you're to change your mind about the occult. You how know, evil it is, Ada. <laughs> hey, oh,
0: that's my wife coming Oh, back. man! <laughs> Son of
1: a god! Oh, creepy doors. Maybe oh. we should unlock the door for her and let her in. Um,
0: that was <laughs> creepy as hell. out. You just scared us as we're sitting around telling
1: ghost stories.
0: <laughs> that was perfect. I did not see your oh, ghost. You
2: that could have I been. Saw, a better I saw either car.
0: You just let it happen? Yeah. Your dad and I about both had a heart attack. I thought Ada was coming down the stairs, and then when I didn't see the door open anymore, and then, oh my gosh. Shauna oh, Ryman, man. everybody.
2: That was <laughs> creepy. That freaked
0: me out. <laughs> we got to get some WD-40 on those hinges.
2: That's great. Maybe that maybe it'll come through on a recording. That's, All right, you were cool. talking about the occult. Yeah, so this kid. Uh, uh, back in my high school days, I used to think I was this mighty mountain man trapper, John. And, and I used to love to hike in the woods. And I started doing this thing where I would hike into the woods at night with no flashlights or nothing, just walk into pitch darkness let my eyes get adjusted to the dark. And I would venture farther. First it was around the yard, <laughs> and then it was across the garden, and then it was across the cornfield, and then it was across the cornfield, across the ditch, and then a little ways up into the woods. And th- it literally got to where I would walk across the, the ditch, into the woods, up to the top of the ridge, along the ridge, and come back down. This was before Facebook. This was before Facebook. <laughs>
0: where kids just went for walks yeah. in the dark and right. uh,
2: alone. And I, I thought I was the almighty man. I was and so one night I was I, I, I went out to walk and it was a little early it was a little too early because it wasn't quite dark yet and I'm walking along this ridge top and it's just real dusky and I see I'm looking ahead of me and I see this odd structure in the in the up above the ground in the kind of in the trees and the closer I get to it it's it's sheet metal roofing. And it's wrapped around these three trees in a circle. And I'm trying to figure out why would anybody do that. Now, I didn't know anything about deer blinds back then, didn't hunt. And, uh, but I didn't think it could be anything like that. And the, the closer I got, I noticed that there was a rope hanging right down in the middle into this enclosed area that I couldn't see in and, uh, and it's, it's pretty dark, it's getting pretty dark, but I can still see well enough to when I walked up there and I looked up underneath, there was somebody had hung a dog by the neck, and it was, I don't know how long it had been dead, but it had clearly been beaten and mangled and mutilated, the, and I just, I was frozen with horror because I'm thinking, where are these people? Because somebody did this. Yeah, and uh, and uh, at, that truly gave me a sense for how evil and these people are. But, but that that was that was one of the most personal, most scariest things that ever happened in my life. Was it that, that seeing a dead dog at dusk and out from the woods?
1: Zachary King says, "Welcome, David." <laughs> 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 the former so, Satanist we had on last week. That that would be more terrifying to me than it, like a ghost, like. I well, this is real because I mean this is, this both, is both are pretty real. equal for me. I know both but this are is like equal. people are doing this. Like people do some weird stuff. Like that's why I mean, we have serial killers. Like people do some weird stuff. Like to me, to me that that stuff is is
2: scarier. So when we when we talk about demon type activity in this way, do we open ourselves up to anything I by don't, doing it? I don't know. Uh, my
0: safest bet is that I usually stay away from it. The only time I really go around it is when I'm prepping for this podcast (laughs) for Halloween time. I don't know if we necessarily open up ourselves to it. I I know personally that I feel like just in my life in general, I feel like God has protected me from a lot of things. And whether I open myself up or not, I, I just have this sense that I'm not alone but it's a good not alone like it's like i feel like the holy spirit is somehow protecting me from things yeah you know we do this
2: i'm sorry I'll no listen.
0: i'm just saying that's 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 my answer i don't i don't know i just know that i feel this weird protection mm-hmm. that's all i feel
1: i think there's a giant difference between acknowledging something exists sharing information about it that it exists like i'm probably not going to go into those woods after after somebody saw that without police or somebody you know of that nature, I think there's a big difference between that and, the, and then trying to participate in our summon. Mm-hmm. or It's not like we're sitting here with a Ouija board trying to contact.' No, we're, we're not, we're not seeking said creepy an experience.
2: No yeah. You know we, we, we tell these stories to get the Halloween creeps. It's the season. Uh, but you know I always remember that you're talking about the weird sense of protection you know if you think about it as christians this this is not our home we're liable to see anything here you know this is we our inheritance is someplace else our ultimate home is someplace else so i do think that we we can we can have these creepy story things but i i, I think we're completely protected hmm. uh from satan and and anything he could throw at us uh Including aliens. Uh, now I'll probably go home and pictures will start jumping off the walls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll tell you this. So I recently, and this is my new, like, whenever I, I see something scary or hear something scary or watch something scary now. Because like I just recently, I red boxed uh, the newest It movie because I just, that curiosity. I just, I just wanted to see. I just wanted to see what it was all about. Because so many people were talking about it. And as soon as that movie was over, uh, I was home alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And because my buddy that was going to watch it with me bailed. And as soon as that movie got done, got on YouTube, started watching Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, yeah. You, you got
2: to
1: follow up the horror movie with a comedy. <laughs> so like, that's the, like, that's the classic. Just scenes you have from to.
0: Caddyshack, scenes on him and the Johnny Carson show. I'm just like, this is funny. Okay. Yeah. The bad feelings are going away now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't do. I don't do a whole lot. Like, I want to watch a scary show. I don't like blood and gore. Like... I'd prefer to be like Nelson off the Simpsons. So when Lisa asks, "What's it, what do you feel? What's inside?" You know, I don't know bones, black stuff. <laughs> like, I, no, we'll keep the anatomy on the inside.
2: Why? Why do we like? The, the why do we like Halloween? Why do we like the the creepy? I think it's feelings.
0: the the interest in the unknown.
2: There's yeah, a, there's I'm the unknown, huh? The unknown, yeah, yeah. I
0: I just think there's that that curiosity that we, we have it, that we possess as humans that we're like, yeah, we should we should go into that thing that it looks really creepy and scary. Children of the Stranger Things. Like, don't go into the weird mucus membrane thing and it, find the, the demogorgon. Don't do it. Yeah.
1: I think it's another emotion that we have that exists that we don't get to explore that often. I and kinda, and then we get to get the small little snippet of it, and you know, just sharing stories or whatnot.
2: It's
0: interesting. I like John. Remember John's answer? Yeah. In our first Halloween ep- episode we did, just something different than the mundane tasks yep. of everyday life.
2: It's a little escape. It's is it sort of the same appeal as uh, appeal as conspiracy theories? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs>
0: Those ones are. Sometimes can get scary but other times it's like I just I just gotta go down this rabbit hole.
2: Yeah. Well, okay, one more one more story before we close out. Growing up we lived in this house on uh right on the main highway that comes through Beaver Dam, Kentucky, Highway two thirty one. And there was always rumors that this house was haunted. And my mom had several experiences there, my sister did, and uh the the only experience that I really recall there was the uh, the knickknacks in the attic, which story that I told uh, last last time.
1: The circle of knickknacks. The circle of knickknacks. Innocent name. But so it's, the the it's
2: other thing that I was story. involved in, it is kind of odd. I was involved in it, but I didn't experience it. Hmm. And uh, but it's like this. So uh, I was the I was so happy living in this house because it had it had a large upstairs that was mostly attic. And, but the front portion of it that faced the highway was a big, giant bedroom. And I could go out my window, and on the porch roof, I could sit there and look across the field and watch the movies playing on the movie th- outdoor movie theater <laughs> screen. And I used to sit up there and watch things I probably shouldn't have watched. But um, it, was a, it was a dirty movie theater, right? Well, it was an outdoor so I don't know if you could classify it strictly as dirty. but Maybe I'm thinking of Durand. It was a little too dirty for a little Dave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, my my uh, at the time it was my stepdad and my mom, they repeatedly got on to me for stomping around and making noise upstairs and waking everybody up. And I would always say, I did. I'm not doing anything. When I go up there, I go to bed. I don't stomp around, and uh, and sure enough, I would come down the following day. What on earth are you doing up there? Said, I'm not doing anything. They said, "Well, you, you're you're somebody's doing something because you're making all this noise, and uh, if it's not you, then who is it?" And I said, "Well, I don't know, but it's not me." And so I, one night they decided they were going to catch me in the act. And so my stepdad waited at the top of the stairs outside of my shut door waiting for this to occur. I don't know how long he was out there. I didn't know he was out there. I went to bed. And uh, and so the first thing I knew was somebody yelling at me, stop it, stop it. And flicking the light on and it was my stepdad and my mom and they were standing in the door. The lights were on and I'm setting up in bed and they're sh- they look shocked and startled that I'm in bed. and uh, But they told me that they stood by the door, listening to me slam open and close drawers and stomp on the floor and slam things around. And they said, while I'm doing this, they opened the door, flipped on the light, and I raised up from sleep. They woke, me. and I never—I never heard this stuff. Never heard it, uh, but they said it happened a lot. It was the same upstairs, down which my sister and my mom used to watch these footprint depressions in the carpet. So it's the same place, or upstairs in the attic is where the knickknacks had a way of. Standing up by themselves on the shelves, uh, all the same place. Can I? Can I ask a question? <laughs> I need to ask a question because anytime we didn't smoke nothing. <laughs> that was
0: because <not, laughs> I've heard of. I've heard a couple of times people have said I experienced something in my house and it just left me with a. And these are believers. These are these are people that I know love Jesus and believe him and what he did for us. Uh, They've actually had their pastors or just people from their church actually come to the house and pray in every single room or whatever they decide to do. Did that ever occur to you guys to to do any of that back then? Again, it kind of goes back to that. As soon as something weird starts happening like that, uh, why not call the local clergy to come and bless the house or something like that
2: you know it, it's funny it, it always seemed like these things became bigger after you were away from them at the time they were happening they didn't seem as consequential because you're,
1: you're in the grind of life uh,
2: I, I guess um, but then as the years go by and you talk about this thing you realize how odd that really was Yeah. and to me it was I was accused of banging around and I wasn't you know, and but you know, now that I think back on it, and the things they're telling me—why would they lie to me? Why would they make that up? Right. I don't
0: know. I just remember <laughs> that one story that a couple at our Bible study told us about their son and his imaginary friend. And as soon as they started talking to him about it a little bit more, they called their pastor at the time and came over. And he said, "It, it makes they, good thing you sense. called me. Good thing you called me. Imaginary let's, let's friends pray. are creepy." So, oh gosh. Well, Dave, um, I will be watching a lot of Rodney Dangerfield tonight. <laughs> and. I'm going to go home and eat some pumpkin pie. Sounds like a plan. Thanks again, Dave, for scaring the pants Thanks off. Thanks for having me, guys. I always enjoyed coming on. Thank yeah. you very much.
1: You know, I'm playing for these for all the boys when they get a little bit older. Good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Creep them out.
1: It'll become a Halloween tradition, I'm sure.
0: Jason, it's official. This is the last podcast of horror that we're doing. No, it's not. I can't take it anymore. No, it's not. This is messed up. Why do we keep putting ourselves through this every Halloween? Because it's Halloween. You got a point there. (laughs) But, no, I'm very thankful for your dad for coming on again to tell some more stories. And this one, he, he even added in some possible cryptozoology into this year. Into yeah, this and we
1: didn't even, I mean, we started running along, but we didn't even get to Bigfoot. That one time, my dad was
0: attacked by Bigfoot. Well, there's already a podcast out there. there we is. talk about it every how every time your dad comes on, we have to mention that he's been attacked by Bigfoot.
1: Yeah, so if you go out to, <laughs> to Don't Feed the Trolls, they interviewed my dad about him being attacked by Bigfoot. It's a great interview. And, you know, it might be time for us, maybe next year, maybe we'll do the his, his attack. Oh,
0: man. You want to wrap this thing up?
1: yeah i just want to say before we go lots of feedback so far on our our show last week with zachary king yes uh it was interesting to say the least i i listened back to it did you listen back to it
0: i haven't listened back to it yet uh but so many people people that don't normally comment about our podcast
1: when when we recorded it Was it not... Was the audio, like, really hard for you to hear as we were recording it? Yes. So, yeah, I went back and I cleaned all the audio up and bumped his voice up so you can actually hear him now. So, when you go back to listen to it, it's a lot clearer than when you and I first did the interview. Yeah. And so, just listening back on some of those things, like, what? Huh? (laughs) So, I don't know what to make with some of that stuff, but... You guys can determine that for yourself. I, if you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen Listen to it.
0: It's funny because I've heard two sides. I've heard it's complete BS, and I've heard this is the scariest thing I've, I've heard like <laughs> Yeah. Ever. So those are the two sides that I'm dealing with from the, my friends and people that listen to the show that have contacted me about it.
1: It makes me think of my, like my favorite podcast right now is that one time I was abducted by aliens. <laughs> yeah. I love Jamie and Bree. I've listened to all their episodes. I, I think they're fantastic. But they do this fact or sci-fi thing at the end of their show, and they pick like a story, like a news article, and they fact or sci-fi it. And if you land somewhere in the middle, you get called the middle bitch. So I'm going to have to middle bitch that interview and say, I, I don't know. Like I, I, Half of it, I could totally see.
0: Yeah, the other I'm, half. I'm kind of, if Ugh. 1% of that, like I, said in, like I said in the interview last week, if 1% of that stuff is true, it's enough to freak me out. Oh, yeah.
1: And I think 1% of it's definitely true. 100%. Yep. That 1%, 100%
0: all the time. 100%, <laughs> it works 1%. Yeah. Uh, Jason, so we have to talk about this because it's, it's, it's this is our podcast. Mm-hmm. 40,000 downloads or plays whatever you want to call them later we're still talking about this it's the Detroit Red Wings yeah they are no longer in last place Whoop-whoop. sorry florida panthers
1: gosh i'm gonna, i'm going to check the score right now as you're as you're talking so
0: as as i'm talking as you're hearing the sound of my voice jason is on a smartphone like a typical person nowadays and they're losing they're losing Ch- so the red wings so by the time this episode airs the game will be over. If you want to
1: be the scariest thing <laughs> this Halloween, what? You dress as a Red Wing <laughs> cuz it's it's awful. It's just uh, my uh one of my well, friends said uh what did he say? What has uh 46 legs and is awful at hockey? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, right now, not not so swell. Jason, I <sighs> They're obviously not going to hear this in time. No. But make, make a prediction. Will the Red Wings win this game? And if they do win this game, what's the one thing you want to tell them?
1: Um, I want them to lose to bring on Jack Hughes, the number one prospect for next year. <laughs> let's, let's take a
0: stab at that lottery pick
1: because we need some
0: help. And I want to say to you guys on the Detroit Red Wings and to everybody listening right now on this podcast – Happy Halloween. And just stay away from the damn Ouija (laughs) boards. Keep your stick on the ice.